And so today what I want to do is I want to start a series called, I Have Decided. Everybody say, I have decided. That's what I've done is this morning I have decided. The Apostle Paul, while he was in prison, he was making plans for his future. He was in prison, mind you. But he was making plans for his future, so he did not allow the circumstance of being in prison, of facing death or anything else, he didn't allow that circumstance to stop him, to get him down, to stop him from looking at plans for his future. Lawrence? You were diagnosed at one point with cancer. You didn't allow that to stop you from plans for your future. And I'm going to tell you, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter how down you've been, yesterday's gone, today's a new day, we have a new opportunity. So in prison, this is what Paul wrote. He said in Philippians 3.13, it says, Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. So there was some, still some things that he, he wanted to do. That's what you see in that sentence. Then he says, but one thing I do. He said, with all the stuff that I wanted to do, I'm now prioritizing one thing, this one thing that I do. He said, forgetting what is behind. 2017 is behind. If you had a bad 2017, it's behind. If you had a good 2017, it's behind. And the best is yet to come. That's what the Bible says. He said, forgetting what is behind and uh, straining toward what is ahead, I press toward the goal. He said, press forward. See, it's not going to come to you. You've got to go to it. You can't sit there and wait for your destiny, for your plan, for your future, for what God has for you. You can't wait for it to come to you. You have to go to it. He said, I Press forward, set some goals and move towards these things. He said, I press toward, on, toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I'll tell you, that's a powerful scripture. And for the next several weeks, what I want to talk about is I want to talk about the most important decisions. You know, a lot of us make decisions. A lot of us have dreams, goals, and aspirations, and they've never even come close. We haven't come close to them all at all. But, you know, let the past go. Because God is a God of second chances. He's a God that if, if you've blown it, he, He's there. He, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. And, and as long as you're breathing, you've got a chance. As long as there's breath in you, there's a chance. So, so don't give up on God because He hasn't given up on you. He hasn't at all. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, it says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. In other words, if it didn't work out, don't worry about it. He's got a new thing. He's got it going on for you. He's thinking about you. He's got you in mind. No matter what the opportunity that that comes along, if you blew it, he's still got another opportunity for you. He's the God of the second chance. He wants to accomplish his perfect plan on the inside of you. And then he says this, he says, now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? In other words, don't you realize it's right here? It's right before you. It's right now. See, they, they, they couldn't see it. And it was right before them. He said, I'm making a way in the desert and, and, and streams in, in the wasteland. So he goes, even if you don't see it, remember, I make a way when there is no way. You might not see it with your natural eye, but if you dare to believe, What did we talk about healing earlier? If you dare to believe, if you trust God and trust His Word, if you dare to believe, He makes a way when there seems to be no way. And you know what? When you make a bad decision, that's all right. Just learn from it. 
God will help you get right back on track. You know, the time right now, or the time is right now. And we need to realize the time for opportunity is right now. And what we need to do is we need to start living our lives like life matters. And I'll tell you, for those of us who spend too much time in social media and all kinds of things that are taking our time away from people, away from, away from the presence of God, we're not living life like life matters. We're wasting it away on things that don't matter. We get involved in other people's junk, other people's business, other people's drama. Then, you know, then we start writing, you know, a, a reply. You go to hit send, you're oh, like, no, erase, 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 erase. And then you think of something else, you're writing it. No, erase, 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 erase. And you do one or two things. You either say, praying for you. Click. <laughs> or you don't respond. Because otherwise, those other things get you right involved with the drama. No matter how wise you think you are, just stay away from it. Amen? So it's time we live it like life matters. Everyone has one thing, one thing that I do. And, and you know, the, the thing of it is, is what's that thing that's holding you back? What's the thing that's stopping you from, from doing this thing that you should do? And the first one is this, is my habits. Should be on your notes. You can write it. So my habits. So what are my habits? It doesn't necessarily have to be sin. Your habits can be, like I said, it could be social media. It, it could be stopping you from that one thing. You could be addicted to, to whatever it is. You could be addicted to Coca-Cola. It doesn't have to be alcohol or drugs. It could be anything. What's that thing that's holding you back? Make a decision today to change that habit and make this the best year of your life. It could be my relationships. There's some people that you're here that every time you go around certain people, your life just spirals down. Cut them off. Let them go. It doesn't mean you don't love them, but you love you that you don't want to follow them to where they might be going. Because it's hot down there. And I'm not saying it's cold up there, but just they got the temperature at the right place. Where you can wear shorts all the time. And it might be a relationship where you're, maybe what's going on is you, you have somebody in your life that, that's not your wife and you're too flirtatious with them. Stop. Because you're totally wrong. I don't care. Oh, well, I'm just helping him out for Jesus. So you want to, so, so let me think of this. So you want to put your wife or your husband through hell so you can help somebody out for Jesus. How stupid can you be and still breathe? So, if you have a bad relationship, you need a relationship restored, do something about it. 
Drop those bad habits. Make a decision. Get your marriage right. Get into a small group together. Stop doing all this other garbage and start connecting with other couples who are born again, who are spirit-filled, who love God, and, and start relating to each other and connecting. And the thing of it is, is if you do that, your marriage will be restored. Your relationship will be restored. If you do that, even say if you have a, a sibling, and you have problems with a sibling and stuff like that, restore that relationship if you can. And build it upon the foundation of the Word of God. You might be in debt. Maybe it's debts that's holding you back. I'll be honest with you. Debt stinks. Make this your year to start paying off your debts. Huh? I mean, if you let this year to, to be the year that you pay off your debts and you start moving forward, you'll start seeing God do some things in your finances supernaturally. But we have to be wise with finances. Well, you know, in order to have a good Christmas this year, we're going to have to go in debt. That debt is going to keep you in debt, you think, for five years, but if you pay the payments, it's the next 30 years. Now, you have the plan to pay it off in five or two or whatever, but it doesn't work out because Christmas comes again next December. Duh. Maybe it's your dreams. Maybe your dreams have been hindered. Maybe that's what's hindering you. You, you, you thought that you should be going someplace, but, but you're not going there because you haven't decided to trust God and move to maybe a new career. You know, maybe you need to do that. Start over. Maybe take a missions trip. Maybe you thought about going on a missions trip. And you just haven't been on a missions trip yet. So go on a missions trip. My dream. A lot of times when you take a look at your dreams, you're like, man, I should have done this and I should have done that. I should. Well, maybe you go do it. Well, you know, I don't have the money to go on a missions trip. Trust God. I'll, you know what? I'll show you how. I mean, you show me how. I'll show you how. I'll show you how to get money, how missionaries get money to go on trips. I'll teach you how to write a letter to people to let them know what you're doing and allow the Holy Spirit to touch their heart. And what they'll do is they'll sow into that mission that you want to go on and you'll get to go. Because the, thing, the reason why you're not going is because you're trying to rely upon yourself and not rely upon God when God wants to use other people to bless you. And when we start allowing God to use other people to bless us, now we're giving other people an opportunity to be blessed by God. We're blessed to be a blessing. Philippians 3, 13 and 14, it says this. It says, but one thing I do, it says, forgetting what is behind and standing towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So make this year your year. Make this time your time. Press towards God. If you want to be truly successful, really, in life, have God in your life. Don't say, well, you know, I, I go to church. Okay. You have God sitting next to you on Sunday. Take him with you on Monday. Wake up to him on Tuesday. Hang out with him on Wednesday. 
Don't let it be an event. Put God in your life as part of who you are in your lifestyle. And when you do that, what happens is the natural way of living changes to a supernatural life. You can't live supernaturally unless you have God in your life every day. Now, I'm not saying you can't have supernatural things happen to you, but I'm talking about living a supernatural life, which means every day the supernatural happens in my life. As a matter of fact, when I wake up in the morning, I'm sure the demons all around where I'm going, here he comes, watch out! Let's distract some people so they don't get around him. Why don't you become that person? Why don't you make it your year? See, when I, I am that person, and I am that person because I love everybody unconditionally. No strings attached. Amen. So, what's the one thing that you need to change in your life for the good. And you know, there's only one thing needed, and King David found out what it is. And he writes this in Psalms uh, chapter 27 and verse 4. He said, one thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, and to seek Him in His temple. One thing. He knew the one thing was to get closer to God. Hanging out with God, that's the key to success. The one thing that we need as believers is we need to get close to Jesus. We need to get as close as we can. The story that I want to use to show us how to get closer comes from the, chap- from the book of Luke, chapter 10, from verses 38 42. It says, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened up or opened her home to him. So Martha opened her home. She's about ready to get dogged, you know, thrown under the bus. But she's the one who invited him, she's the one who opened up her home to him, but, but she's about ready to go someplace that she shouldn't go. It said she had a sister called Mary. So Mary was her sister, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. So Martha's sister Mary took the opportunity that she had with Jesus to sit at his feet, to get really close, to listen to what he had to say. But Martha was distracted. Everybody say distracted. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. Everybody gets distracted. Everybody does. As a matter of fact, if you really take a look at distraction, distraction is the number one cause for accidents. Distracted driving. Whether it's text messaging, whether it's even talking on the phone. As a matter of fact, in the state of Tennessee, it's January 1st. You have to have a hands-free set, or otherwise you will be pulled over. You can no longer talk on the phone. You cannot have colored lights on your vehicle anymore, and you cannot have those bar lights on top that shine down. You will be pulled over. Why? Because it's all distracting. 
Do you realize that more people die from distracted drivers than they die from drunk drivers? Distractions. So we all need to make sure that we're not distracted. We're, oh man, I gotta get this done. I gotta get that done. And, you know, I can't do this and I can't, you know, well, I'll, I'll pray as soon as I, as soon as I take a shower or I'll, I'll read the Bible as soon as I get my cup of coffee or I'll, we're distracted. She came, the scripture goes on to say, she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Jesus is like, Martha, Martha. The Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. So Jesus was saying you're focused on the wrong thing. He said, what what did he say this? He said, but only one thing is needed. But only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better. And it will not be taken away from her. The thing that is needed is God. The thing that is needed is the presence of the Lord. Only one thing is needed. I'm going to give you three things of this story. And the three things that I'm going to give you in this story will help you get closer to God this year. The first one is this. I have decided to make the most of the new year. See, you have an opportunity right now to make the most of this year. You have an opportunity right now to let the past go, to move on. Jesus was in Martha's house. She was given an opportunity to sit at His feet, but she decided to stay in the kitchen. You might have asked Jesus into your life, this is the house that He's at, but you've decided not to do what He's called you to do, not participate in the church that you've been called to, so all you're doing is sitting in the kitchen. So if you're not volunteering in any church that you belong to, you're a Martha, not a Mary. Anyway, start the car, Leah. (laughs) I think we're being thrown out of this place. I'm just telling you, that's the truth. Let's take a look at this story. Let's let's see what he had to say. See, you live in a great nation, and we have another great day before us. So today he's saying, I have an opportunity for you right here, right now. Get out of the kitchen. Ephesians 5, 15 and 16. He says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, so don't be in the kitchen, but as wise making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. That word opportunity there is kairos in the Greek, which means a window of opportunity, a window of time. So every window of time, every opportunity and window of time that God has for you, make the most of it. Get out of the kitchen and sit at the feet of Jesus and listen to what He's telling you so He can give you the words of life so you can change your life. Man, Angie, Jameson, I love you guys. And you guys have made some changes in life and some decisions in life that have totally radicalized your life. And they were confirmed by some messages that came from this pulpit. You left a career that you were in that you were highly valued in and took a step of faith into a business that 
you kind of were unsure about, but you were t- going back and forth. But you decided that God had an opportunity for you to do something better. And you did. So what I'm getting at, I'm not just talking about myself. I'm talking about anybody sits in the chairs. All you have to do is decide, and all you have to do is say, today I'm going to take this opportunity, I'm going to take this window of time, it's a new day, it's a new year, and I'm going to do everything that I can, and I'm going to do what God has me to do right here at Thrive. Opportunity. I'm going to tell you this morning, make a decision. Take a step. The first step, come every Sunday and sit through every single portion of the message until it's time to go home. And hug on people and love on them. And, and if you want to stay in here and, and the lights turn out on you, just move to where it's light or turn the lights back on. And, and it's fine. Stay here. Fellowship. Go, go get some coffee. Number two, get into a small group. We're going to start small groups again in February. Get involved in a small group. Be a part of something small. Get, get involved with each other. Why? Because, because the thing of it is, is... is <laughs> Know me, like me, trust me. You'll never trust me unless you like me. You'll never like me unless you know me. And you're not going to get to know me on Sunday morning service. It's going to have to be a smaller group to where we can talk and I can, I can ask you some serious questions or maybe you can ask me some serious questions. Then I can figure out if I can trust you. Because if it ends up on Facebook, I know your brother or sister bucket now. Anyway. Come every Sunday. Get in a small troop, group, small troop, and be part of the dream team. What's the dream team? The dream team is what we do in this church. Whether it's the worship team, whether it's the youth ministry, whether it's the children's ministry, whether it's the greeters, whether our new security team, that, that as a matter of fact, you have to sign up this morning. That's why last week I said, I need to know by today, because I'm giving that list of names to the sheriff's department because we got some training that's set up with them. And then after that, we've got some training set up with with the chief of police of another department, the one who came here last week and spoke. And so we have training going on, and I need names because there's only a certain amount of seats that that we have. So I need names today. There should be a sign-up thing outside. And I'll tell you, the security thing is going to be great here. You are not the police. You're not the Gestapo (laughs) security team. What does that mean? That means you're trying to make this place a safe environment for people to come to worship. So people can worship as they want to, and they feel okay that they're going to have their kids protected in the the children's environment, and they feel okay that an AK-47 is not coming through those doors. Amen? Can we stop everything? No, but what we can do is we can trust God and we can have wisdom and we can train people in ways they need to go. I want a medical team. That means we'll have triage equipment and stuff like that. Medical personnel will have the equipment, equipment they need in case something happens to somebody. And I'm not saying, oh, little kitty got a boo-boo. No, 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 no. I'm saying something really happened. Because most, most of the times it's just a little boo-boo. But, you know, I've been reading, you know, in the paper. I've been watching on Google. I've been looking on the news, and and you see these things going on. And all I'm saying is we're creating an environment of safety so people can have a great time. So it's time to join the Dream Team. Commit to this for one year. And I believe that if you commit to this for one year, it will change your life. 
but you have to believe. You have to be committed to it. And if you do this, you're one step away to having the greatest year of your life. Jesus is knocking. Get out of the kitchen. The second thing that I learned in this story was this. I've decided to get rid of every distraction. Now everyone has distractions. I mean, I told you that distracted drivers is the, is the number one thing. But, but let me tell you, I'm a distracted pastor. I can be at the front. I can greet you and, oh, I love you. And then somebody says, hey, Rick, can you go do and grab that for me? Yeah, I'm on my way to go do it. On my way, I see a piece of paper. Oh, so I pick it up and I throw it in the trash. So now the piece of paper is thrown in the trash. Hey, Pastor, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Good to see you. And then I start walking the complete other direction that I, I totally forgot what, about what I did. Why? Because I was distracted. Anybody ever been there? That's what I'm getting at. Distractions happen. So what we need to do is we need to start refocusing. We need to start purposely focusing on what God has us to do and focusing on the things that that God wants us to do. And this is the deal. Just because it's a good decision doesn't mean it's a God decision. Man, it was so good. I got hired for this job and, and, and God just really blessed me. Okay. So you got hired for this job. You can't make any small groups and you can't come to church on Sunday. So God gave that to you? Dummy. I have not seen one person in the 23 years of ministry that ever happened to that didn't start slipping away from God. Not one person. If you say you're that person, then what are you doing here today? Not one person. Anyway, Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, you know what those witnesses are? That's your loved ones who've gone on. They're, they're cheering you on. They're Hey, come on, let's go, let's go. Kristen, come on, do it. Wow! Woo! They're cheering you on, man. It's such a great... It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. Then Paul says this, he says, and let us run with perseverance the race... Marked out for us. You have a purpose. You have a destiny. You have a plan that God has marked out for you. It's better than anything that you can think of on your own. You will like it way better if you find out what it is. And then what you have to do is you have to go towards it. Last year we started 21 days of fasting and praying in the first part of the year. We're going to do that again this year. We're going to start next Sunday. 21 days of prayer and fasting. Now, people get praying. Oh, dear baby Jesus. You saw the movie, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, people understand prayer. They have a hard time understanding fasting. Now, biblical fasting, there's, there's something called a full fast. And a full fast means basically liquids only. Now, the thing of it is, is if you're going to do that, you need to make sure that you're healthy enough to do that. 
Because if you have not been doing that up to now, you're probably not healthy enough to do it. These people have been doing it their whole lives. So, well, you know, good enough for Moses, good enough for me. Really? <laughs> you hit a rock and let water come out of it, and you part a sea, and then we'll talk. Then you have what's like a half-fast. And a half-fast meant no meats, no sweets. And that's what a half-fast was. Then you had what's called a Daniel fast. And a Daniel fast meant basically just vegetables and liquids. And those are the three types of biblical fasts that are biblical. But the point of a fast, we need to understand the point of a fast. The point of a fast is to stop being distracted. So I believe in our culture and in our time, we can fast things like social media, Sunday football. You know, just pick it. Fast things that are distracting you from getting closer to God. Fast those things because what you're doing is you're saying, I want to get those distractions out of the way so I can hear you, Lord. So Sunday, a week from today, I want you to... I want you to pick your fast. Like I said, it doesn't have to be food. But if food is distracting you, and it's not distracting me anymore, I've lost 20 pounds and I'm still you know, doing it, and, and, and so it, food is not distracting me. I, I can get around people eating some really good sweets and I'm not going, <laughs> like I used to. See, I wanted to, you know, if, if you were eating sweets, if you turned your back, I wanted to take it to the other room. <laughs> I love chocolate. Chocolate loved me back. <laughs> so we're going to do this 21-day deal, in it, and I'm going to tell you, if you decide to do it and not get distracted, you're going to see God do some great things in your life. The third and last thing, I have decided to prioritize the presence of Christ in my life. We need to prioritize His presence. We, that means what we need to do is we need to put God first in our lives. Put Him in order. Matter of fact, the Bible says this in Matthew chapter 6. It says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things, which the Gentiles seek, shall be added unto you. So by putting God first in your life, anything you want, anything that you desire, anything that you truly you know, think that, oh man, I want this and I want that. If you don't seek that, but you seek God first, it says all these things that the Gentiles seek, all this stuff, will be added to you. The problem we have is this. We don't believe it. So since we don't believe it, we seek first ways that we can make money so we can provide a great thing. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but we need to seek God first. Remember Paul said, he said, but this one thing, and he was talking about forgetting the past. He explains what that one thing is in the preceding verses in Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. It says, in the New Living Translation, it says, I once thought these things were valuable. What things? I once thought these things were valuable. I wrote down some things. He, used, he basically is saying, I used to think that hunting, Harley Davidson's, watching the game, shopping, Camping, 
any other thing I can think of to not go to church or be around godly people, I used to think those were valuable. But now, I consider them worthless because what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Not just my Savior, my Lord. That means following what he says. It says, for his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so I could gain Christ. This is where I'm closing right now. Give me three weeks. Give me 21 days. Take 21 days and count that distraction that you have as garbage, as worthless. Do you realize it takes 21 days for you to break a habit? Maybe your habit is watching the news or listening to talk news, whether it's CNN or Fox or any of those news stations out there. Maybe your agenda is a political agenda and you're all about to put it aside. I don't care if you're Democrat, Republican, liberal, independent. I don't care about that. Put it aside. Put, put whatever it is aside for 21 days that's hindering you. Come on a journey with me. Take that step. And what I, you'll see is you'll watch God do some great things in your life. 